Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cardboard Herald. Today we are doing another casual Friday discussion in which I invite one of my gamer friends and colleagues onto the show in order to talk about our completely objective lists. Like there, there is irrefutable evidence in order to support these lists of our personal opinions when it comes to games. And today I have on one of my uh, longest friends, Chris Douglas, on the show. He has contributed to the Cardboard Herald in the past. We've gone to conventions together. He's a fantastic musician and gamer and a fellow old school Bosco's Comics in Anchorage, Alaska clerk, just like myself. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hi. Yep. That was a buildup. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Uh, thanks, Jack. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what your top five uh, coffee games are, since we're both giant coffee drinkers. Yeah, we have our coffee cups uh, on the show right now. We're ready for it. Mine is actually insulated because I just brought it in from going out on a hike, and it is still apparently uh, warming up here in Alaska. Not the same situation that you have going on down there in Arizona, but... We are talking about our top five each, maybe top ten total, we'll see if we have any overlap, coffee games. And when you proposed this list to me, I was thinking about, like, what coffee games? Like, there's so many different directions you can go with this. Because you know me, I drink the hell out of some coffee. Every game is a coffee game in my book. But when I think about, like, a game where you're like, yeah, I want a nice cup of coffee and just, you know, kind of a pleasant time. And the, the game is kind of the platform in which I'm interacting with the other person over this cup of coffee. I, I started to get a picture of the games that we have. So did you have any trouble scraping together your list or did you immediately know where you wanted to go with this? A very similar criteria. I was kind of torn between two facets of it. Um, one, one way of like, you know, keeping your hands free, keeping things social keeping things light and then uh some aspects of well like coffee getting me way into the game <laughs> so uh my 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 top two picks definitely contradict the social aspect of it but uh fun nonetheless though so. okay well let's see where it goes let's start out with your number five what do you got for me chris all right my number five is azul pavilion Ooh. so we've been playing a bunch of the azul games okay and uh We've gotten in big into the Azul Pavilion. The idea is we've got our cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And we're just puzzling. Everything's calm. It's mentally stimulating. We've got all these colors. And it's just this very calm after dinner puzzle fest with a little cup of coffee. Um, I, I love the thinkiness of it that kind of mixes with the probably overstimulation that I should not be doing in the evenings. But it just works so well for me when my mind's racing. I can just lay into and build uh, ceilings all night. Yeah, well, that's actually exactly where I was going with this. I thought of a lot of language-independent games, you know, things where it's more instinctive and almost, like, artistic that you were building out something. Kind of like a game that borders on being a puzzle as well. But for my number five, this is interesting because I went with what I feel is like the arch nemesis of Azul, which is Sagrada. Because those games came out about the same time. Uh-huh. And there were a lot of people who were drawing battle lines between Azul and Sagrada. And I happened to fall on the Sagrada side of things, though Azul is a pretty damn good game. And in some ways, a prettier game. Uh, I mean, you can take or leave that aesthetic, but to me, Sagrada 
just has this this fantastic puzzle aspect to it uh the the rolling the dice has a has a nice sound and tone especially on like a nice wooden kitchen table or something and the the mix of the colors and the numbers together giving you just enough of a crunchiness that you feel engaged but still it's like you're building up a piece of art in front of you so it doesn't feel overly strenuous and like a cup of coffee where you are really starting to zing by the end of it if it's a good cup of coffee the the stranglehold uh as you play sagrada the the noose that's tightening around your neck as you have fewer and fewer options by the time you get to the end you know really amps up that tension so um it kind of mirrors the effect of caffeine on you i guess i agree I, I like how like wiry it gets towards the end and one of uh my favorite things is the size of the dice too mm, yeah yeah raise my hands up to drink more coffee when i'm rolling those littler dice i really am a big fan of those little dice we're we're both guys who have really big hands so those little dice they're they're very cute though slotting them into those spots sometimes like my fat fingers are like bumping things off so you know that's a point of against them i guess <laughs> okay uh you know my next uh pick for number four is a uh, kind of a classic of ours it was one of the first games that we got into and we still play it religiously friday night and that's splendor it's so good it's so good splendor is our one of our games it's considered one of our big ones um just you know the i i feel like the gem dealer you know i look really deep into the cards uh i i wonder if some people like really look at the cards like i see that i've got a mine and then i've got my employee and then i've got my <laughs> building and then i'm sipping on my cup of coffee when everything just starts going on its own and automating with my gem service you know i actually considered splendor but the intensity of splendor for me was something that i ended up going away from like i was like yeah this is this nice game where you can just kind of get in the zone and you don't even have to talk like once you've played enough splendor it becomes like this automated thing i don't even have to interact with other people at the table because i am in the zone and it feels somewhat meditative except there's an intensity to it because you just want it to be your turn you have a drive get it back to me i want it to be my turn i want to get that card i want to get that tile you better not take the last of the black tiles from me because i need those in order to build this next thing like to me there's a desperate momentum to splendor that uh, i think is perfect for for some people for sure i mean i'm sure it's perfect for you but for me <laughs> that is the opposite of a calm game that is a, a short but very passionate game you have a bad romance with splendor when you're playing it yeah towards the end there when like if someone has 14 points i'm just like uh and mm -hmm. then you know i always end up being a gem or two short to try to make the last swing because I messed up somewhere earlier. Uh, I guess Mortu's playing on that wiry funness of just on that line, that line we've right, right. been bringing up here. So. so my next game is a game that I never thought I'd see on one of these lists that I was doing, but it just fit perfectly within here. And okay. that's Harbor. It's an old TMG game, Tasty Adventure yeah. Games, uh, by Scott Alms. And Scott Alms has done tons of games, but is probably best known at this point for the Tiny Epic series. And I'm like, you know what? Put that Tiny Epic series to the side. If you want a tiny game by Scott Alms, get Harbor. 
I mean, one, it's got this great theme with these really vibrant characters. It's like fantasy, but dockside. It's, you know, all grimy and nasty and piratey and, you know, feels like you're about to, you know, get swallowed by a whale or something. Basically, imagine Captain Ahab as a goblin, and that's your theme for Harbor. But it's a single worker placement game where your worker is just traveling from these different spots so that people are going to purchase and put in front of them. And it's very casual in the sense that uh, it doesn't necessarily have an intensity to it, uh, but there's definitely strategy as you go about. There's asymmetric player powers. It's in a real concise box. And for a, a, a case in point of this, this was a game that I used to keep in my office and it was in regular rotation for me and some of my colleagues to go down to the coffee shop and play at lunch just to you know knock out something in half an hour and have a great time. I, I think Harbor is something that doesn't see enough discussion these days as you know one of these shorter games that still feels like it has a degree of strategic hooks to it. And uh, yeah, I really love that game. Yeah, you know, Harbor was one of the first games that we got into when it came to worker placement. We've actually had some discussions about, me and my wife had some discussions about Harbor in regards to uh, it being like, like I called it the skeleton of a game one time. Yeah, I yeah, felt I like, can see that. Yeah, I felt like it was, uh, you do this and you do this, and it's just kind of like one at a time very chill not like i'm gonna trade in this card and get 10 resources and then convert those to this and then i'm gonna fill this order and get these victory points it's more like just one piece at a time the opposite of misery farm you know it's it's, it's not agricola <laughs> for sure right and but it got it definitely got us into that though we we started being like oh hey this is like we we used it to really like that was one of the first games we played when it came to that worker placement. And then we next thing you know, it was City of Iron, Agricola, uh, um, uh, man, you name it, uh, uh, La Havre. We played some Caverna. We started really digging into those uh, tiny epic games. We like the tiny epic mechs and dinosaurs over here. So yeah. just a, for a side... For side note, you for a side plug tiny... for worse Scott Alms games, you know, whatever you can listen to Chris <laughs> if you want. <laughs> you got me into the tiny epic games, I, man, I, so. know, I know. All right, um, well then let's uh, let's hear what you got for your number three here, Chris. My number three is um, Istanbul with the coffee expansion. Well, okay, that's a little so, on the nose, okay, but so I, I love on it. A okay, Friday night we do this thing where we do this Friday night coffee gaming. And we'll we'll be like, let's go shopping. And so um, we've talked about this in the past. Some of we the have. setup with Istanbul, yeah. well, Istanbul uh, being very involved. So for Friday night game, we get it set up. We maybe go on a walk. We'll pour the coffee up and then we'll get in there. And then I turn into the bashish. <laughs> bashish? Yeah, bashish, man. <laughs> No, if you're going to play in Istanbul, I mean, you got to play with that expansion. I think that expansion is fantastic. Uh, not only does it add a lot of cool components, it adds a lot of new functionality. And I know people are hot for Istanbul. And I initially was until like one day I just like, was like, what am I even doing here? Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
this is just so much setup and there's so many restrictions and like yeah it creates cool strategic hooks i guess but like i i always felt like the the game was steering me that more than i was steering the game maybe i was just bad at it or something but you know as much as i wanted to like istanbul it just never really stuck with me uh which is funny because a lot of my favorite games people are like yo if you like that game you should check out istanbul and it's like i have checked out istanbul <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you're going to uh, if you're going to play Istanbul, definitely play with the expansion. And uh, yeah, if you want an expansion about coffee, well, hey, it's right there. Right. Yeah. Do you normally play it as a two player game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those ones that I think works best as a two player game. Higher player counts just becomes like it. It's bananas trying to navigate all of the different tiles everywhere or all the different people. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking that. I was thinking about how kind of like, like, like the crowded town square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for my number three, I have, you mentioned earlier, chill. You use the word chill. And I thought about like, you know, that, that recent thing that's come up, particularly over COVID, you have you know, chill beats to do homework to, right? You know, there's your lo-fi thing. And that came up a lot of like, what would I listen to like chill beats and play? And one of the games that immediately came to mind was Cartographers, which is a great flip and right game. And, you know, I know a lot of people like Welcome To. I like Cartographers because of the theme. I, I'm obsessed with fantasy maps in particular when i was a child i was uh and even still i i have framed fantasy maps in my house and everything it's such a cool theme and you know building out this grid it feels artistic even if you're not really involved in the strategic aspect of things you can sink your teeth into making your own map look beautiful and you can bring colored pencils to it and it becomes like this nice passive activity that you can just do with someone else uh in particular you can do it with someone else over zoom or skype or something now during covid which is an extra bonus that you can have that cup of coffee with someone at a distance so cartographers is probably my favorite flip or roll and write to date um not only because it's strategically good but it just has that inescapably good theme. Absolutely. I can just see, like, you know, I, I love the the, uh, the mapping of it. And so I just see myself setting my cup of coffee on the table and then just opening the maps up and just getting to work. Yeah. Well, what's also great is if someone like my wife gets really into making their, you know, thing look really pretty and you draw like a goblin card or one of the attack cards where you have to switch the map to someone else. And you could be like, look at my garbage art style that I'm going to fill into your map here. And now you're going to have to suffer that blemish and then hand it right back to them. And they're like, you ruined it all. Graffiti on the wall. Yeah, exactly. All right. What you got for your number two here, Chris? So my number two was a, a recent game we swooped on that we just kind of saw at the store and just got it because it was pretty. And it's a game <laughs> called Cristallo. Cristallo. Now, this game uh, is just a deck of cards and some gems. And the idea is, I believe it's a solo game that they kind of just worked into a cooperative game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's like, eh, this will sell better if it's a cooperative game. <laughs> I think so, because, like, all the instructions were all about, I just talked about it being a one-player solo game, and then it says one to five, and we're like, 
but we figured out basically you're just pulling a card and it has gems mm -hmm. and orbs on there and the idea is to create squares overlapping these cards in any kind of way just as long as you can create these squares to cover the orbs and there's uh there's these gems that are on these uh, uh these these mystical animal cards and um, as you complete these squares, you put these gems off of the animal cards. And then when you free all the animals, you take on the black dragon with these mystical animals. And, uh, and it's the same mechanic of just creating squares with these cards and eliminating gems. Uh, in the final round, when you take on the black dragon, you basically need to fill the black dragon has one of each gem. And you do the same kind of mechanic to fill it all. And so it's just a great little working together, cooperative beautiful game you can fight the dragon together you can free the mystical uh, uh uh the mystical creatures that help you fight the dragon at the end and it's just a deck of cards um it's it's a real fun because you can talk about where mm -hmm. to place these things uh you know i can see some uh it, it's weird because i could see some of that like commando takeover thing where somebody kind of quarterbacks but if it, there's just there's so many ways to place it it kind of somebody less could be like, well, it could, you could go over here and get one too. And he'd be like, Oh snap. So I, I, for so much, there's a lot of placement and variety on how to place these cards mm. on top of each other. I've never seen cards be placed in, in just layers like that. And right. uh, it was something that was just really quick and easy, really, really fast, but like really thinky. And so that's where the coffee comes into play. You know, it's really interesting. I thought that when I set off on this list that I would come up with a lot more cooperative games for this, but I couldn't think of many that were this kind of concise, uh, low-impact type of game that I would want to play over a cup of coffee. I mean, there's tons of cooperative games that are shorter games, but one of the real hallmarks of a good cooperative game is a sense of pressure and like this desperation we could lose at any moment and so we have to work on this together but that actually sounds like something where it, it feels like you know throughout it you you are building something together and you're working on something together but it's not necessarily this intense pressure uh, on you as you play the game and it's more chill than that yeah it is it's, it's wonderful and in fact when you lose it's just hey we've got pretty little spear some spirit animals that we freed at the end of the day yeah it did kind of sound like you were describing an acid trip for a while it's like <laughs> if we get all the pretty spirit animals on all the you know black symbol tiles all together and then we might end up chasing the dragon and i was like what is going on in this cristallo game like did you buy this in an alley chris uh, <laughs> Uh, I think we found it at a Walmart, man. So, uh, yeah, I would give it a shot. It was it was surprising. It was one of those ones where you just get surprised. Easy to learn, hard to master. Nice, nice. And I love the plug for Walmart here. You know, we should <laughs> talk to them about some sponsorship on the cardboard. <laughs> So, at your local at your local grocer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Local grocer. So, uh, my number two is chill for me, but I've heard tell from a lot of people that it is not chill for them. Uh, and that is Carcassonne. Carcassonne is this game where, you know, you sit down and you're like building out this puzzle. You don't actually have uh, any language to interact with. You don't have to read things. And it's so easy. You just draw the tile and you, you know, place it there. And especially in my edition of Carcassonne, at least, it's in the rules that you draw the tile, you show the tile to other players, and then you ask for input on the best placement 
of other players. They're going to, you know, have this nice, friendly conversation about, oh, this could go here, this could go here. And that is like Carcassonne as I play it with my wife, where it's just this wonderful time and someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. And yes, there are kind of things that you're banking on or hoping that will happen, but it's just nice and charming and pleasant. Now, when I've played with other friends, they're like, yo, I'm going to steal your castle. You know that, right? <laughs> or like, you're you're never finishing this. This will never get finished. I'm seeing to it that you will never be able to complete this. And it's going to be worth half the points at the end of the game, sucker. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you guys play Carcassonne way different than I do. Uh, but for me... Uh, it, it's probably the biggest game on this list, or actually it is definitely the biggest game on this list. It takes, you know, a little bit more time than most of the other ones I've listed, and it uh, takes up a lot of table space, but there is some sort of, you know, rhythm that you end up getting into with it that, that I find really enjoyable uh, and is just a really chill, wonderful game to play. I, I agree with playing with certain people. My wife really goes <laughs> to the cutthroat way... Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> so Carcassonne almost made the list for me. Um, I would say it was an honorable mention for how much we play it, mm -hmm. but absolutely we are the latter. I can't build a castle without her bogarting in on it. I can't, we don't even do the farmers anymore. Like, like, oh man, the farmers get cutthroat, man. And like, man. even with my wife and I, like anytime anyone puts down a farmer, it's like, I see what you did there. And I see what I'm going to do next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, but uh, I want to play Carcassonne with you guys. Um, my number one absolutely contradicts like everything we're talking about, though. Okay, so you're going to be like, we're going to play Twilight Imperium. It's an eight-hour cup of coffee. <laughs> Actually, my number one is Terraforming Mars. Ooh. Um disagree with for this list but love the game so let's talk about it <laughs> so i i was i when i was putting this list together i was like man you know i'm gonna throw a big monkey wrench in this but i kind of had to stay true to it you know like uh, i know that you're big into the themes of games as well and we really really get into terraforming mars yeah, yeah. like we really get into it like and so when i feel like i'm you know, rocking the corporation. We also, uh, you know, we, we play a lot on Friday nights. Right. Um, a lot, we like to do a lot of Friday night card slapping. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, slapping those cards down when I just drop a meteor and then it completely rocks her whole setup. I sip the coffee at my corporate table. Okay. Knowing yeah. that I'm going to be the one <laughs> that is going to lead this new era. You know, uh, I, we get so into it. Like, I just see myself sitting at a corporate desk, all uh, all of the options, and uh, I'm sure people are familiar with Terraforming Mars. Right, so I wasn't right. going to get too deep into the gameplay, but uh, you know, uh, one of the most immersive uh, games that I feel like it just kind of zapped at us. Like, and I get so into it that I feel like the corporate bigwig at work, and when I'm working. I'm always drinking coffee. So so you are like the, the CEO of a corporation and you're sitting back and you're like, this was the most momentous day in the history of your company. But for me, it was Tuesday. That, that, how you're feeling yes. there? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. 
Yes. Uh, well, for my number one, I went for something entirely different than you. I, I stuck with uh, what I have here uh, as kind of the, the overall tonal piece that I put together for this. But I actually think that this this kind of works for our list of 10 because this brings us into a, a new space with Terraforming Mars. And then I'm going to bring us back to something that kind of reminds me of old school games, and that's Jaipur. Jaipur is a card game that has this, again, great rhythm to it, uh, where it's, you know, you're either going to be fulfilling orders, uh, or you're going to be taking some of the materials from the center, or you're going to be taking camels, uh, swapping things with this market that's on display. It's this great two-player I, for all intents and purposes, it's an economic game. Everything is about uh, the the choices that you're going to make regarding how you're best going to acquire the these sales or fulfill these orders in order to take things off the tops of the stacks. You're thinking about how you're going to drain the stacks in order to force the end of the round. It plays extremely quick, uh, but because of just the simplicity of these stacks, the cards that are lined up in the market in front of you, and the cards in hand, it feels to me almost like you're playing some bridge or something, you know? Like, this game feels obvious in a way that it could have been made a hundred years ago, and I would have believed you. This is one where it still is a really tight, structured, and smart, competitive game, but it it allows you to operate at that instinctive level and, you know, be able to carry on that conversation or just kind of chill out and listen to music and almost wordlessly, you know, go through the motions in order to have a really good game. Jaipur is, for a good reason, talked about one of the best two-player games that's out there. Yeah, I tell you what, that is one that's been on our radar for a while that uh, probably will be one of the next games we get. I've seen a lot of stuff on it, and that exact, you know, I, I know I threw a monkey wrench with my number one, but <laughs> you just, ex but the, the, I think you explained it right on. You know, we would say that coffee games are something like you could look away, socialize, do something, then come back to and just kind of pick right up and know where you left off. Right, right. Uh, right. And um, it sounds like that you could do that with uh, Jiper. It sounds like that that would fit right into our gaming catalog, too. Yeah, well, you need to get it to the table. And I think this is a good set of recommendations. I mean, here we have 10 individual recommendations making up TCBH's official list of top 10 coffee games to play. And I'm sure that some people out there got some beef with the things that we have on our list. I'm sure that there's people who are like, how would you even dare bring a coffee cup to the table? I mean, that alone is controversy for a lot of people. But tell you what, you know, come to my table, eat some Cheetos, you know, eat some Doritos, get crumbs all over my cards. I don't care. It's about the social aspect right there, especially now that we're in COVID. If that, you know, if the price of having people post vaccination coming to my table is that they eat sloppy food and put coffee cups next to my cards, so be it. So be it. I agree. All right, man. Well, uh, I, I wanted to make sure that I gave an opportunity. Where can people find out more about Chris Douglas? Because not only are you this awesome dude who plays board games and, you know, has your hands in a lot of pies, but also you have a lot of creative endeavors. So what is what you're working on right now and where can people find more about you? Well, uh, D.A. are two letters that you'll hear a lot uh, coming from me and uh, 
It stands for Douglas Audio. It's basically an umbrella audio production that I'm doing. You can go on YouTube and find me under Dixon Amway. That's my name that I go by, D-A, <laughs> Dixon Amway. And I'm using Roland drum machines. I'm using the Roland MC-101 and the Roland TR-8S, and I'm making a record for the end of the year. I have a couple of people that have been helping me with it, and um, I've been in in a, uh, in a lot of... Uh, communities with producer communities and rolling drum machine communities and just trying to get my music out there so you can look up dixon amway on youtube and soundcloud on facebook um and i'm going to be posting videos more and more they're going to be coming becoming more higher quality as well and um you know I'll, I'll definitely be having direct links so you know you'll be hearing the sound coming from the machines the way that it's supposed to be it won't be like you know outer it'll be inner so uh, i'm looking <laughs> forward to sharing i'm looking forward to sharing all of that because i feel like i have something different you know these uh, uh, the, i've been in drum machines and digging into the culture for about two or three years now as far as uh, audio production audio engineering and uh, I've learned a lot, and I think that I have something that is uh, different. And I, some people in the communities are telling me to push it, so I'm going to push it for the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, like, subscribe, YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook, Dixon Amway. All right, I'll have links to all that there. And let me just put it this way. If you need someone to drop some references to both classic hip hop as well as the Fantastic Four over a beat that might have either Top Cat or Thundar the Barbarian theme sampled in there, then Chris is your guy. I've been talking to him about music since, God, I was 18 years old when we were working at Bosco's together. And so this was awesome having you on the show. I can't wait to have you back on so we can talk about more of these lists and why you completely broke the nature of the list in order to shoehorn one of your favorite games and do it, Chris. Thanks for coming on to the show. <laughs> Thanks, man. Sorry. <laughs> If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the Cardboard Herald.